Well, happy Easter vertical, man, does it feel good to be able to say that, to have something to celebrate in the middle of these circumstances where it feels like every day there's just more and more bad news. So Austin and I are grateful to be with you to be able to say happy Easter to you. Regardless of the circumstance that you find yourself in today, we want to encourage you that there's some things that we can celebrate. The fact that Jesus has defeated death, the fact that the tomb is empty, and the fact that heaven is waiting on our arrival because of the work of Jesus, what he was able to accomplish for us. We can uh, be certain that in the end, love does win and that evil has been defeated permanently. So in the days ahead, uh, I know that there are going to be certain challenges, but today we're going to stop, we're going to pause together and celebrate this Easter season. What a timely message of hope for us. I just want to encourage you before we get to our content today, before Austin and I go through some particulars in this story that really we've noticed for a while but haven't had a chance to talk about, before we get to that, to be able to let you know that even today, that the plans of God will not be stopped, that the purposes of God are not delayed and that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, did everything that he did so that we could experience two big things, two big words inside of our community, hope and freedom. It's our hope, our desire that through our time together today, you will be more hopeful about the journey ahead. We understand we're going to have to walk some difficult miles in our future, but doesn't it make all the difference to understand that what Jesus has done, he did for us to give us a sense of hope and to give us a sense of freedom. And just to highlight where we are to address reality today with you, let's talk about the fact that we're approaching life with a certain level of focus that we haven't had before. Mm -hmm. We're having to focus so intentionally on things, and we can acknowledge today that we're doing that because of fear. Who can forget uh, having Jimmy Fallon remind us that we should wash our hands and not touch our face right, before he goes down the slide in his house, you know, a home that we would not have seen otherwise. We're just focusing on things so intently these days out of fear. But we also need to acknowledge that at some point that fear is going to go away. There have been other things in our uh, country that have been traumatic. And once everything goes past and the fear kind of recedes, we get back to our normal hectic schedule and we just don't approach life the same way. Sure. What we're going to talk about with Jesus today, that it just makes it so much more encouraging for us to see this, that Jesus approached his life with a sustained intentionality. The entire time that Jesus was here, he was incredibly intentional. Even a brief scan of his life shows you that Jesus was intentional in almost every decision, every word, every interaction. So the things that we're going to talk about today, Austin and myself, are two parts of this Easter story that are a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, this well-practiced story that I'm sure everyone's anticipating hearing, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But mostly we're going to talk about two other circumstances that we're like, man, this just shows this really beautiful part of the personality of Jesus, and it's something that we want to be able to celebrate together with the community. So the first one we're going to get to is actually something that's captured your attention for quite a while. Yeah. I know you're eager to talk about it, but it's, it's before we get to the cross, before we get to the tomb, all of those things that everybody knows so well, if you're familiar with the Jesus story, uh, it backs up and gives us a little bit of an idea of how Jesus chose to prepare, right? Right, yeah, and one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is this intentionality, and, and we've seen that as we've been studying the passages surrounding the crucifixion and the resurrection, that this isn't just taking place in this point in time. In reality, this happened all throughout Jesus's ministry, and we get to pull out a couple of instances in this story right before the crucifixion that show that Jesus's intentionality was there the entire time, that it was, it was, a, it was an active role in what he was doing. So 
We all know that before Jesus um, goes and, and takes part in the trial and the crucifixion, he takes time in the garden. But even before that, before praying with the Father in the garden, he takes time with his 12 disciples. Yeah. You know, we see uh, they do the Last Supper, which is where we kind of get the template for what we do in communion now. And, uh, but even after that, we see that Jesus takes the time to spend time with his disciples and actually kind of turns over and begins to pray for them very intentionally, which is a cool moment. It's, it's a neat moment to see um, these 12 men that have been walking day in and day out with Jesus for the past three, give or take, years. Yeah. And he's praying for them and kind of the trauma that they're about to go through in this time. It's, it's just kind of a cool glimpse into the life of Jesus and his friends that... He's taking the time to pray for them, even before, even knowing what's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we've had that experience even these days. Uh, some of the stuff that's been most uplifting for me is when a group of friends gets together, even digitally, and begins to pray for one another. It's right. like, I think the best word to put to it is just intimate. It's an intimate yeah. moment we see Jesus taking part in here. And it makes him kind of tangible. You know, you, you, I think so often we look at this Easter story and everything that goes into it, and it seems kind of like a process that Jesus was going through when in truth it shows that he was very he was even worried for the emotions that would take place in his friends at the time it, it, it kind of puts uh, it kind of puts a tangible perspective on Jesus what I really love about this though is that even after this time he prays for the disciples he prays for um, their courage in in the days that would come he even prays for their growth afterwards because he knew what was coming afterwards and they didn't right but after that this conversation takes a really interesting turn in John chapter 17 where he prays for these people that would come later and I kind of have to think that the disciples would be a little confused you know they like they wouldn't necessarily know what he was talking about but but Jesus after the supper and after praying for his disciples, he kind of turns this prayer where he's praying for the people that would come later. Um, he's, he's praying for people that would come later. And so I just, I, if, if I can, I just want to read this passage in, in chapter 17, verse 20. He's praying to God the Father. This is Jesus who said, My prayer is not for them alone, being the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So the people that would come by the work of the disciples, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be uh, one as we are. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought into complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What I love about this, and it seems like kind of a funny thing to pull out of this Easter story, I think a lot of times we just kind of run over this. You know, yeah. we, we jump from the Last Supper, and then he's arrested. To the cross, yeah, and yeah, 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 it's done. Yeah. You know? I love the intentionality of Jesus here, though, because what this tells me is he's kind of subtly combating a misconception that I had about Jesus for a long time, and I think that a lot of people probably have about the character of Jesus. For a long time, I think I thought that Jesus was much more like a state-appointed attorney, right? Mm -hmm. he, he was here out of duty, and yes, he was there to do the Father's work, but he was just kind of a, he was kind of this tool that ultimately needed to be used for us to be reconciliated with God. Like, it was his job. Like, I, I'm here because this is my job. I'm, I'm the only guy that can this, do this. I'm the only one that can fulfill this. I'm the yeah. only one that can pull this off, so I'm here to do it. Yeah. What I love about this picture of Jesus here, though, is that he is taking the time 
while he's praying for his best friends in his time here on the world, to pray for those that would be benefited by the work that they had done. And ultimately what that means is, is that he had everyone in mind while he was doing this. You know, he's, he's praying for the whole of humanity in this. And, and it almost takes it from a gospel of duty that I had thought for so long into this gospel of intentionality. He was very passionate about the work that he was doing and intentional in that he was thinking of all of us while he was doing that. Um, I, I love the language that he's using there when he talks about the glory uh, that you gave me that, uh, that would be put on to the people later on. It's almost like the gifts that God had given to Jesus in that moment, he was, he was pushing on to us at the time. And, and I love the hope that that brings, that he's, you know, he's, he's not just thinking about the pain and he's not just thinking about the things that he's about to go through. Even when he's faced with all of this coming very quickly, mm. We were on his mind. I just yeah. love that. Just the unexpected scope of the, of the power of God, the ability of Jesus, thinking in this moment he's being so intentional, even with everything that he's about to face, that Jesus takes the time to pray for. And I think we should make this as real as possible. He takes the time to pray for us, for the mm-hmm. people that are today living as Jesus followers who have believed his message, who believed that the sacrifice of Easter was for them. Jesus, in this moment, in this chapter in John, is praying for, and even what we're going through right now. I love the fact that unity comes up in that, because as people discuss Christianity today, unity is not something that marks us, and unity is not something that marks the world. We talk about that a lot here at Vertical. But Jesus is praying that that unification would allow people to understand that Jesus was the real deal. So there's a little bit of pressure there, and we are tempted, I think, in religious circles, especially on a day like Easter, to say, you know what, I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to make sure that I check off all the boxes. And if we're not careful, we get into, I have to, instead of I want to. And uh, listening to you describe that, I feel about Jesus in this moment, in this prayer, that he's saying, I know that I'm going to do this because my father wants me to do it, but there's a turn that's being made there, a transition that's being made up. I want to do this because I want the people who are following me to know the level of relationship that I have with God. Right. They can have that with God. So a pretty spectacular point of view there. Yeah, I love what, what is motivating him, and that's how he closes this prayer, right? He's, he's not saying that he's doing it you know, out of duty or out of mm-hmm. obligation. Uh, the way that he closes is that the world may know that you have sent me and that I have loved them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, it's crazy that that's not how people equate Jesus' time here so often. Usually it was to be a spectacle and miracles or that he was here to die on the cross. And, but, but the reality is that all of that was wrapped up in his love for us. And, and the hope that he's giving us, the hope that he's able to instill in our daily story is out of that. And so the fact that we would be motivated as Christ followers out of a duty seems very foreign. And I think that's how, that's how a lot of people interpret it, that we're just kind of robots that are following you know, right. after, after this guy or whatever. Yeah. But that's not what motivated Jesus. Not at all. And, and, and I don't think we should be motivated in that way either. Yeah. What a great, um, let's just like, we need to move on to the second point. But to understand that love was the driver. Yeah. Not only does it win in the end and the empty tomb and what we celebrate at Easter shows, shows us that. But love was the driver for the cross. It was the source. That's yeah. what, yeah. So this, this makes what I was going to point out, the second part, uh, actually in John 19, make a little bit more sense in, as we're talking it out now. 
One of the parts of the story of the Easter story that completely uh, captivates me and I've thought about it for so long and I need to set the stage for this because there may be people joining us that aren't, aren't very familiar with Jesus or his story. And, they, and it's a detail. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a detail. Um, but Jesus actually submits to a process of torture and death. Uh, Jesus, that's why we say that Jesus sacrificed his life. He was submitting to uh, one of the most grotesque ways to die that the Romans had dreamed of. The reason why it was so difficult is because it was designed to extend suffering. It wasn't a quick death. It was a, it was a lengthy death. And we, we know from what we have recorded that Jesus had a lot of things on his mind as he was suffering. And this is what we're going to point out here in just a moment is almost sensational. Uh, almost unbelievable and there's a reason for that because it's so opposite of how I approach my life many times. Jesus is in the middle of dying taking on uh, what we know now the sins of the world trying to bring us back into relationship with God and achieving that and during that time the thing that he was not thinking about was himself. Yeah. Most of the things that you see in this story, Jesus is thinking about other people, forgiving other people. And then we get to this really beautiful moment where Jesus sees his mother. It's, it's almost emotional to talk about. He sees his mother from the cross, the way that it's described, and he begins to speak to her. So I'm, I'm going to take a second to read that because I, I don't want to mess up the words of, yeah. of Jesus from the cross. Uh, so let me drop in here. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, a Mary and then another Mary. Lots of Marys in this story at this point. Uh, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, so that's actually code here for John, yeah. the one who actually wrote this, the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to John, Here is your mother. I mean, what drama in this moment. I mean, I, when I read the Bible and I run across moments like this, especially at Easter, it just transports me right back because it's so descriptive. And I can see Jesus on the cross taking on the ways that I have missed the mark with God, paying the price for me so that I can have eternity with God. I can have peace in eternity. And Jesus is handling all that, and he looks at his mother, and he thinks, I'm about to leave, and someone needs to care for her physically. I mean, the fact that Jesus had that on his mind, was able to communicate that, again shows me this big fact, that even on the cross, Jesus was being intentional about relationship. Yeah, it brings to mind this idea that, again, kind of a misconception. I think so often when we think of Jesus, it's almost only in that form of a deity you know, he's, he's God, right? And, and Jesus is God. But I love that this is kind of a, almost a commentary on the humanness of Jesus, right? He's, he's in, and, and that only exemplifies the fact that he's enduring real suffering. It's, it's really easy, I think, sometimes to separate the fact that, well, he's God. Yeah, he was on the cross. But he's worried about his mom, yeah. you know? I mean, he's, he's, he's a man in this sense, and that almost brings, uh, it, it makes all of the, everything that's taking place on the cross that much more real to me when you realize what he's going through there. Yeah, all the calculations that he must have been making. You know, there's my mom, the emotions involved there, and then looking at one of his best friends and saying, there's a guy I can trust to make sure that right. he handles this and I'm going to make sure that they link up and they, they understand and, and all the pain that they must have been going through. And, and what I think I want our community to take from just this part of it is that Jesus exercises the same intentionality over his relationship with us today. Yeah. That Jesus would look at us this Easter as we're in the middle of celebrating all the things that he did, that he's not finished working. 
Jesus is no longer dying. He's no longer in the tomb. He's alive. And Jesus is willing to exercise that same sort of intentionality and power in our relationships today. So I'm thinking through the story thinking, well, what do I need? What is it that Jesus wants to tell me this Easter? We've done a lot of prep rolling into this Easter Sunday as a community, and it's been awesome to be a part of that. Uh, But I can ask the question today after this teaching is over, Jesus, what would you want to instruct me? What's the big thing? Because Jesus is still operating this way. I'd like to, I know we're running short on time, but I'd like to take a moment just to read John 19, verse 27, because I think it really drives this point home. Um, It says this, And from then on, this disciple, meaning John, and John is writing this, so from then on, this disciple took her, meaning Mary, into his home. Hmm. So, Kind of the turn that we're making here on this Easter Sunday is to point out that the intentionality of Jesus actually transferred onto John. Yeah. So a big challenge for us uh, as a community this Easter is that we look at Jesus being intentional. We celebrate being the positive recipients of that intentionality. And it is necessarily our responsibility to follow his example just like John did. Yeah, almost as an inspiration. To pass it on to other people, yes, to look after other people. I mean, John is saying here, yes, I did this. I took her in, and for the rest of her life, I cared for her because Jesus was intentional with me. I'm going to be intentional with other people. It's, It's the type of action that just demands a response. Yeah, and I think that that's evident in our church, right? We see that our vertical church is full of people who have come to grips with how Jesus actually feels about them and are acting out on that on a daily basis. And so even even now when times feel fairly dire, you yeah. know, I mean, we, we there there is hope and we're giving hope, but we see this and it's such an inspiration of Jesus was suffering so much worse than any of us can even imagine. And he was doing it on our behalf and he did that so that we could have that hope. It is our job to give that hope to other people once we come into contact with us. That's right, to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. So walk through, so let's say that someone's watching this teaching today and they're like, man, I want to accept that Jesus did this for me personally, that he was doing it intentionally. Let's walk through some ways that they can respond to that. Yeah, if, if you are just now understanding the story of Jesus and, and the sacrifice that he willingly gave up for us all, then we want to be a part of that. Absolutely. You know, we, we love getting to walk through uh, people's lives with them and get to instruct, but also just live you know, spiritually with you. And so mm-hmm. if that's you and you want to make a decision for Christ, even though we can't be together in person right now like yeah. we would like which to. Which stinks, totally stinks. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. But we yeah. want to we want to give you an avenue to do that. And so if that's you, if you haven't made a decision for Christ and you would like to do that, we don't want it to be impersonal. We want to be able to walk through that with you as we would any other Easter Sunday. Yes, right? yes. And so what you can do is you can text this number uh, to us, and we will have a staff member come in contact with you. You need to text VERTICAL to 31996, and we will make sure that a staff member comes in contact with you immediately and can give you some instruction and also walk through that process with you. Yeah, it is, it's a relational process, and we want to make sure that it starts that way. If you're a person who's already accepted the work of Jesus and you're celebrating Easter, but you're looking for your next steps, we just want to encourage you to take the deep dive, literally the deep dive on all the content that we're putting out there via our website, livevertical.tv. 
Uh, you can find hours worth of content and information there, stuff to read, stuff to watch. Ways to get involved. Yeah, ways to get involved. There's tons of stuff going on digitally right now, and we'd love to encourage you to be a part of that. And as we leave this teaching today, we just want to say to you, Happy Easter Vertical. It's been a joy to be able to share Easter with you. And we want to remind you in closing that Jesus did everything he did that we're celebrating over Easter to give you hope and to give you freedom. So what I'd like to do today, if, if you're okay with this, is just pray to close our time together. Yeah. Jesus, we just want to thank you in a personal and relational way for the work that you've done for us. Jesus, congratulations for the activities that you were involved with that allowed us to have an eternity with you. For those of us watching this teaching, even now they're kind of on the fence about how you feel about us. Will you convince us, Jesus, that it was love that motivated you to weather those days for us. We thank you for the scope of your ability as unexpected as it is. And we ask now, Jesus, as we pace through these next few days that are uncertain, that you allow us to rest in the certainty that you love us and that you're praying for us, you're interceding a big word there for us on our behalf, that you're with us. Give us comfort through that. In Jesus' name, amen.